0: This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll get started here. Father, we do want to praise you tonight. Thank you, Lord. We're... Sought and bought, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, a victory that uh, we we can claim no part in, and yet uh, reap the benefits of because of your grace. Lord. Help us to be mindful and forever grateful for what You've done in our behalf so that uh, we do praise You not only from the lips but from the heart so that we joyfully engage in offering up a sacrifice of praise. Fruit of our lips giving thanks to Your name. Father, tonight as we uh, look again at Your Word and consider uh, what You've revealed, revealed here Uh, In this passage, uh, Lord, as always, we we desire that You grant understanding. And Lord, uh, give us wisdom in being led, directed by Your Spirit so that these things that we read about uh, in Your Word are truly worked out in our lives. Not enough, we know, to have intellectual knowledge concerning these things. Lord, we want to have true experience because of You working in us. May it all be for Your honor and glory. In Christ's name, Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to ask uh, uh, if you have any questions. Again, in regard to uh, uh, the message... that. Well, last Sunday morning and this Sunday morning, um, because if there's anything there, I'd like to have opportunity to address it. <clears throat> no? All right. Y'all were clearer on a lot of it than I was then, apparently. <laughs> okay. Matthew chapter six. I'm gonna uh, read verses um, one through eighteen, and uh, we're just kind of gonna, uh, probably gonna kind of scratch the surface here. Although really, I, I, my main point, uh, main focus tonight, is just kind of gonna be on the the main theme here. Uh, we may come back and look at some of this in more detail for example like the the lord's prayer maybe the uh, the model prayer here but um i do want to deal with these 18 verses together and of course as i've mentioned several times this this whole thing uh Matthew 5 6 7 is is a is one sermon so it's it's hard anyway to pull out one piece of it and talk about it because you want to get the whole thing uh in context and And so I I try to be careful to do that, to make mention of that. Um, But uh, we are kind of, especially tonight, kind of stopping. When we get to verse 18, we're still going to kind of stop in mid-thought there. So we'll just have to try to remember that. I'll point that out to you tonight, and and we'll try to remember it uh, whenever we pick up next time. Chapter uh, 6, verse 1. Again, Jesus speaking here in the Sermon on the Mount. Beware of practicing your righteousness Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Um. I've said several times um, that the ultimate goal of the Christian is to glorify God in all things. So there is a sense in which um, we can say that goal is a, uh, is a motivator in things that we do. And I talked uh, quite a bit about that this morning, again, sharing uh, thoughts on vision for our church. Let me go uh, or actually, let me just follow here, Jesus, I think uh, going behind that a little bit. and uh, you might say it this way, I think it would be appropriate, giving a a motive for the motive. I mean, if we're if we're motive, motivated by a desire to glorify God in what we do, there's a another motive working behind that, I think. I think that's what Jesus is pointing out here. In, in, in other words, let me let me say it this way. Let me put it in a question form. Um, why would we want to glorify God in all things? Why would that even be important to us? Well, I think Jesus is giving us the reason for that here. So here's the motive for the motive. And that is just the reality of God and the kingdom of God, which we've mentioned several times. So what Jesus is saying here concerning doing or performing acts of righteousness is you do them with the right motives. You do them based on the reality of God. So in other words, as He says it here, rather than doing things out of a desire to be seen by men, you you do things with a proper motive, understanding that you're seen by God. God who sees in secret will reward you. So, uh, the reward is not to be seen by men or to be praised by men, but the reward comes... From God, so we realize that in all that we do, great and small, uh, you know, from our perspective, some things we think uh, of as being greater than than other things. And all that we do, whether great or small, uh, important or insignificant, um, Jesus is saying, you do it with the awareness that you're seen by the Father, and that He. He's the one that will reward you. That's the reward you seek, the reward of the Father. So, Jesus instructs His hearers here on proper motivation behind the acts of righteousness um, that He speaks about um, Well, all the way through here, but He mentions first in verse 1, beware of practicing your, <clears throat> your righteousness before other people. So, He's giving us proper motive behind that. And at the same time, He's exposing... The vanity of the practice of the hypocrites who performed good works to be seen and praised by men rather than seen and rewarded by God. And he gives here as examples three uh, common acts of piety, um, you know, in their day, especially among. The scribes and the Pharisees, and I, I would, uh, I think it would be a safe, uh, <clears throat> well, I think it has any, anybody hypocritical in mind here, but, but a lot of times when he's dealing with these types of things, he addresses specifically the scribes and the Pharisees. They're known for these, uh, for these kinds of things. So he gives us three examples specifically giving, in other words, you know, alms giving, giving to the poor. So you could say charitable giving. Um, prayer, and fasting. And in each case, Jesus gives an admonition regarding motive. You know, you don't do this. You don't do this like the hypocrites, to be seen or to be praised by men. So He gives an admonition regarding the motive and a pronouncement of judgment upon the hypocrites. And I believe that's exactly what he's doing when he says they have their reward. Um, that may sound a bit ambiguous, but I, I, I think it's clear really. He's, he, he's saying, he's, he's pronouncing judgment. That's, that's, that's all the reward they will know. It's all the grace they will know. And he gives a promise of reward. For those who heed His words. So, in each case, he's, he's giving an admonition concerning motive, proper motive, pronouncement of judgment upon the hypocrites, and a promise of reward to those who will take heed to what He's saying. So, the idea here, again, let me touch on two things here uh, specifically that I just kind of skimmed over. The idea here is then, um, summed up in a a Latin phrase uh, that's used in theology, uh, Corum Deo, means in the presence of God. And that's that's what I think Jesus is saying, really all the way through the Sermon on the Mount. you, You live as though you're in the presence of God. There's a good reason for that. (laughs) Because you are. So what he's really saying then is you live like you're aware that you're in the presence of God. All important. And at the heart of, um, I would say, our motivation. Again, it's what, what motivates us to do right. Brother Ron said in his prayer a while ago, and I thought, well, it couldn't be better worded for this message. Uh, something to the effect, the Lord give us the, the wisdom or the strength, or, or however you said it, to do right. <laughs> to do what's right. And that's what the Lord is saying. Do right because you're in the presence of God. So, the, what really matters is is not to be seen by men or to be praised by men. But to understand that you are seen by God and uh, that His reward, if you do right, His reward is far better, far better than, uh, than anything you can receive here. You know, Jesus says of, of those who have the praise of men and, the, and are seen by men, they have their reward. So it's, it's a way of saying this is it for them, but for you. For the children of the kingdom, for believers, for those who practice righteousness rightly motivated, you're looking like, uh, like Moses who, uh, who rejected the, uh, the riches of Egypt and the pleasures of sin for a season, he, because he looked to the reward, the writer of Hebrews tells us. So for you, Jesus is saying, who live in this life like that, your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. You will be rewarded. So, we're to live, Coram Deo, in the presence of God, in front of God. That's how we're, how we're to live. That's how we're to conduct ourselves. Second thing here, just to kind of set it up before we get into each one. Um, and to me, this is a very interesting con- concept, and I would, I think a very controversial one, and that is this whole concept of being rewarded. Now, this in my mind is is one of those areas where, uh, well, it's, it, this is true of all areas. It's just easier in some than others. In, in all, you know, areas of uh, Bible teaching, theology, where we we must take heed to uh, what God has revealed in His Word. Thus saith the Lord. I mean, that that settles it. Now. There, there, and I know, of course. There, a lot of times there are different ways of different understanding things, and that's that's where controversy comes in. But I I want to suggest this to you. Um, However, this concept of reward is understood, and and uh, hopefully I'll get into that a little bit momentarily. But however it's understood, it's there. It's there. Jesus, Jesus uses reward to motivate His followers. Now, the reason I point that out is because that's that's something that uh, often is kind of taboo to us. We say, whoa, wait a minute. You, you can't be in this for any kind of reward. I would say you must be in this for reward. It is what Jesus is constantly promising. Reward, reward, reward. Endure to the end. You'll be saved. Reward. You do right, as Brother Ron says, you'll be rewarded. We're going to see that. We have already well we just read it, but we're going to see it again as we go through here. Repeatedly says that. For example, verse four concerning giving. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, verse four, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, and I would suggest we don't have time to go through a whole lot of uh, uh, verses on this, but I would suggest um, if you watch for that carefully, um, you'll find that that theme runs throughout the New Testament. In fact, throughout the Bible. I mean, it's, it's throughout the Bible. Uh, You can go back to Deuteronomy 28, and you'll find a whole list of pronouncements of of, uh, curses upon uh, the disobedient and reward upon the obedient. Now, the problem we run into a lot of times today is we think, okay, now, um, now because we're in the New Testament age, that whole concept is done away because we can't earn any reward. Well... That's one of those sardalite sort of half-truths. Certainly we can't earn any reward. Uh, we cannot earn salvation. And, and let me say this too in, in verse six, or uh, I'm sorry, verse one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen. And what does he mean? Practicing righteousness. And the word righteousness there let me flip back here uh, it's the same word for example we talked about a couple of weeks ago back in chapter five verse 20 um, for I tell you unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven it it's the word righteousness that's commonly used throughout the New Testament. Now, I don't think it always carries the same connotation. And that's one thing I want to be clear about here. When Paul, for example, in Romans talks about um, being made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, when when there we get the whole concept of imputed righteousness, that's a different thing there, I think, than what Jesus is talking about here, even though the word is the same. Jesus is using the same word but uh but i think the the context reveals that he's not talking about the same thing so as i've said many times there there's a difference in, being, in in imputed righteousness that is having the righteousness of christ imputed to us put to our account say it simply that's all the word imputed means the righteousness of christ is put to our account that's the only way anybody's going to be saved that's it But there's also such a thing as practical righteousness. That's where Brother Ron's phrase comes in. Doing right. Doing right. And we are taught throughout the New Testament to do right. And most of that teaching is directed to believers. People who have been saved. In other words, we have had the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. That is why we are now expected to Do right. It doesn't negate that. It empowers it. We, we can practice righteousness because we are made righteousness, are made righteous, rather. So, when he says here, beware of practicing your righteousness, he's just talking about doing, uh, what, uh, doing right, doing right things, giving, giving to the poor, praying, fasting, and he's saying it must be done for the right reasons or else um, no reward. Now, I do think, again, he's, he's contrasting the believers and unbelievers. So, so, he's saying, by implication, I think, uh, the hypocrites, those, those are unbelievers. They're wrongly motivated and they have their reward here. On the other hand, the children of the kingdom live... Coram Deo, in the face of God, before God, in the presence of God. And so, they are rightly motivated and consequently rewarded. Now, let me give you just a few other. Like I say, there's too many to go through a whole long list, but I'll give you a few on the concept of reward. And again, this is what Jesus wants us to seek after as opposed to uh, what is sought by the hypocrites, the praise and attention of men. a couple of them we 've already covered, Matthew 5:12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad. he 's talking about when you 're persecuted. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven Matthew 546For if you love them which love you, what reward? have you do not even the publicans the same Matthew 16:27 fast forwarding here in Matthew for the Son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works now you know to me that's pretty pretty plain pretty explicit. The Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each according to His works. A couple of verses here where the uh, word reward is not used, but the concept is there. 2 Timothy 4.8 Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. So Paul says, uh, there's a crown laid up for me uh, and for all who have loved His appearing. And He'll give it to us on that day. Now, uh, let me say this. Let me just interject a thought here. uh, Kind of a side note on that. I'm I'm really not expecting like a, uh, a crown of gold or something like that. A lot of times, when you hear people reference this verse, that's the kind of kind of thing that they talk about. And uh, I, I think if it were talking about something like that, that's kind of what it would say. A crown. He's going to give me a crown of gold on that day, or a crown of jewels. It doesn't say that. He says a crown of righteousness, crown of righteousness. But whatever way you understand the crown, it's it's a, we're going to be crowned. Okay, that's what Paul says. James one twelve, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Promised reward, in this case, the crown of life to those who love Him. Revelations 2.10 Do not fear uh, any of those things which you are about to suffer. And you find this with... Uh, uh, most, if not all, of the uh, seven churches uh, in, the, in uh, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation where Jesus uh, exhorts them to endurance by promising reward. Here's one example. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, I will give you the crown of life. So, um, there's a direct connection between properly motivated acts of righteousness, doing right for the right reasons. Another way of saying that. (laughs) There's there's a direct correlation or connection between doing right for the right reasons and reward. We are promised. Reward. Now, um, let me throw this out to you because I think this is a great explanation here. This comes from uh, Augustine of Hippo, often called, uh, you know, the greatest uh, theologian of the uh, at least the early church age, and some would probably say of all time. Um, prolific writer and thinker, uh, Augustine writes this concerning, um, actually he's he's commenting here on Psalm 103.4, who crowneth thee with mercy and pity. Uh, Here's what he says, here's what Augustine says, Hear what God saith, quote, who crowneth thee with mercy and pity. Of his mercy he crowneth thee, of his pity he crowneth thee. For thou hadst no worthiness that he should call thee, and being called should justify thee. Being justified, glorify thee. He's just saying, you didn't deserve any of that. I didn't deserve any of that. And he goes on. The remnant is saved by the election of grace. For those of, uh, you know, some people want to say that John Calvin started what we call Calvinism. Uh, Augustine uh, was, uh, oh, about 1,200 years before John Calvin, okay? The, the remnant, and of course the Apostle Paul and Jesus were before uh, Augustine. Um, the remnant is saved by the election of grace. But if by grace, then it is no more of works. And I'm still quoting from Augustine, and of course he's quoting from Scripture here. But if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. For to him that worketh, the reward shall not be reckoned according to grace, but according to debt. The Apostle saith, Augustine says, the Apostle saith, referring to Paul, not according to grace, but according to debt. But thee he crowneth with pity and mercy. And if thy own merits... Have gone before. Here, here's the, here's what I want us to catch. And if thy own merits have gone before, God saith to thee, "Examine well thy merits, and thou shalt see that they are my gifts." Augustine says, "If if you merited anything, that God crowns." Examine them well, Augustine says, and you shall see that your merits are the gift of God. So what he's essentially saying is, the way he understood Scripture to talk about reward for righteousness, and again, we're not talking about being saved by uh, you know, achieving righteousness in a saving manner, uh, we're just talking about doing right things and then God rewarding. And the way Augustine understood that was, was to sum it up, was this. Whatever right righteousness you do is a gift of God. So when God rewards that, He is in essence crowning His own gift. Now I think... That there's not a problem with that, theologically. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying is I don't think that in any way compromises justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, through grace alone. If it does, then we've got to come at it some other way, because Jesus definitely teaches reward for right works. I was listening recently and it was interesting because this had come up in, uh, some conversations I had been in recently and then, and then after that I was listening one day to, uh, R.C. Sproul, um, uh, another one of these guys, you know, I recommend to you, I commend to you if you, uh, get a chance to read any of his material, listen to him, whatever. He's a good, good teacher. But anyway, I was listening to, uh, uh, he was doing a Q&A session, had callers calling in asking questions and he would answer. And somebody brought this up and said, you know, why do you teach that Christians will be rewarded for good works? And he said, because the New Testament some 25 times says that. (laughs) Now, I haven't counted them, so I don't know if 25 is the correct number or not, but I know it's there several times. I've, I've... uh, I've, I've seen them. And if you watch for that as you go through, uh, I think you'll see them too. And I've just given you some. So, uh, to me, and this is what I'm suggesting to you, uh, this is great news. Because of the very thing that Augustine brings out in his comment. Because we deserve none of it. And the idea that God would empower us to do good, in this world, and then reward us for it is just, if I can put it you know, in the common vernacular, it's mind-boggling, all right? It's mind-boggling for God to say, I'm going to do this in you, and then I'm going to reward you for it. It's awesome. So, I think it's something to rejoice in, and I don't think, again, it in any way compromises uh Justification by faith alone through grace alone. Now, let me mention one other thing along those lines, just in case you you start getting ideas about you know a big huge mansion and and uh, you know a back porch over the uh, you know some kind of lake where you can just sit there and fish all day and uh, you know they bite every time you throw the hook in and you you got the finest car and the biggest crown of gold and all that kind of thing. Um, the greatest, best, most ultimate, most awesome reward that the Christian will receive is Christ. That's our main, main motivator, that one day He's already with us and in us, and one day... Will be in his very presence will see him as he is and be made like him that is reward enough all i 'm suggesting to you is if and I put emphasis on the word if if he's also saying there is there are some other is some other type of reward for good works performed by the Christian in the Christian walk then uh, you know uh, That'll just be something else, again, to praise Him for. But ultimately, Christ is who we're after here and who we love. Now, I didn't want to mention this. I do find it interesting along those lines, uh, that I, I think, if I remember right, and I've, I've looked at this, it's just been a little while, but you can check me out on this. It's easy to do with a Strong's Concordance or something like that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure every time the word reward is used in the New Testament, it is in the singular. I find that interesting because, in other words, he never says, you do good works and you'll receive good, you'll receive good rewards. You know, do good works and I'll give you rewards as though, um, you know, as though you were getting some kind of prize for each individual thing that you do. Now, it may be that he's going to re- reward us uh, something like that. I'm not suggesting one way or the other there. I'm just saying, I find it interesting that it's always in the singular. So it may be that that's what he has in mind anyway. You do good works rightly motivated and your and your father will reward you. You'll receive your reward, Christ, eternal life, which, you know, would be again Christ. All right? So he is ultimately our reward regardless of uh uh, of the meaning of these passages. All right, so I just wanted to point that out, um, and I know we only have a, a few minutes uh, left here, but I wanted to spend some time on that because I think it'll help us as we go through the rest of this. Um, let me just let me just say this, and, and we'll wrap it up for tonight, and uh, and come back to it later. <coughs> Coram Deo, this is what Jesus is is teaching. Live with the awareness that everything you do, you're, you're, you're giving, you're charitable giving, you're praying, you're fasting, whatever uh, acts of righteousness you do, be aware that what really matters is not that you're seen by men or praised by men. What really matters is that you're seen by God. So He's, so he's giving us a motivator there God is, and I don't mean this in any, you know, flippant way like this, you know, there's a song out there that says God is watching. But I mean, I mean this in, in, a, in a real sense. God is watching, okay? And it's not, it's not like Santa Claus. He, he's the, the righteous judge. He's the judge of all the earth. Lord of all the earth. King of kings, Lord of lords, like we saw in Timothy. The only, the blessed and only sovereign. And he sees everything we do. So, Jesus is saying, beware of that and be motivated by that and do what you do, aware that you're doing it in the presence of God. And then here's the, here's the, uh, kind of the, the sum of it. Wrap it up. I didn't read quite this far a while ago, but I want to get now in closing. Verse 19. Because, because what were they doing? The hypocrites are or what they're treasuring is to be seen by men, to be praised by men. So in other words, they're, they're trying to heap up for themselves treasures here on this earth. But Jesus is saying, no, that's not what you do. You live in the presence of God. You, you act accordingly, according to your awareness of God's presence. And here's what you do. Verse 19, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, these whatever you gather up here is fleeting. I don't care if it's, if it's uh, silver and gold, dollar bills, thousand dollar bills, or if it's the praise and adoration of men. 50 years, 75 years, 100 years is history. And nobody cares. So don't do that, he says, but here's what you do. Verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Live coram Deo, before God. You got you. You live with eternity in view. Rewards not here; it's there, and not to be seen by men, but aware that you're seen by God, and not to be praised by men, but for the pleasure of God. Heavenly Father, we. Thank you for the exhortation from your word. God, we thank you that this word, this phrase, coram deo, this concept of being before you in your presence is a reality. But Lord, because of our own spiritual dullness, the dullness of our minds, the tendency we have to get caught up in the things of the world, uh, we're often distracted from that. So, Lord, we ask for help there and we pray. Help us to set our minds, our affections on things above, in the heavens where Christ is seated, our head. And may we not live for the moment as far as seeking pleasure and comfort in this world and whatever else it has to offer, but may we live with an awareness that all that we do is seen by You and may we live for the reward of being in Your presence forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. In Jesus' name, amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation, which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us. Or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.